I was raised to be instantly embarrassed talking about my own butthole. Huh? I don't intellectually feel embarrassed. It's just that old childhood, like, yeah. my mother would scold me. She would have been horrified. She would have been, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she, that, like, she was frequently horrified. Everybody has a butt. Yes. But we don't talk we about don't talk about We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that in this family. Hey folks, welcome to What Excites Us, the show that talks about sex and sexuality throughout time and place, including the here and now. That means that if you are a kid, I have to tell you, you're not supposed to be here. So go listen to something else. In today's episode, I'm talking with my good friend, Sean, about some interesting sex practices throughout the world and history, including some favorite fetishes. But first, what's the word? What's your favorite kind of porn? Uh, missionary. Can I say what my absolute dislike is? Like, I hate all the fetishization of, like, the step-sibling and the weird, like, there's a lot of rape kind of fetishization, which is, like, awful. My favorite style of porn would be same-sex, girl-on-girl, guy-on-guy. And then I would have to say it would be, like, like hardcore group sex. <laughs> yeah. What my favorite kind of porn? Um, I, I don't actually want to. I'm a pansexual in a straight monogamous relationship. For those reasons, my favorite style of porn is lesbian. Uh, my favorite style of porn to watch is girls masturbating, usually without toys. And I'll usually often, if it's a new one, skip to the end to see what she sounds like when she's coming. And then try to time myself to that. It's just sort of a little more fun that way. I prefer homemade amateur cream pie, where the guy is very vocal, especially during his orgasm. Gosh, this is embarrassing. Squirting and, like, full pleasure and physical representation of pleasure from a girl. Favorite kind of porn? Feminist porn. I like it to be really sensual and romantic and be realistic. I don't do porn. I do the real life thing. I think it's easier to narrow down what kind of porn I don't like than to say what kind of porn is my favorite kind of porn. I really enjoy using porn to explore, see what's out there, and challenge my my ideas of what's sexy. You know, I really don't like basic heteronormative porn starlet and super chiseled porn bro fucking in three different positions until he comes on her face. I would much rather see people who are actually getting off. So what's my favorite kind of porn? Porn that's real. Sean, thanks for coming and doing this with me. Or shall I say, 
thanks for hosting me in your apartment where we have children playing outside and airplanes and all of the fun fun new and exciting noises so this might sound a little different but this is going to be really super fun i think so we are going to share with the listeners interesting or perhaps unusual sexual practices you did a whole bunch of research for this episode. A whole bunch of research on xnxx.com. Ooh, shoot. We're not sponsored by xnxx.com or whatever the heck it is. It's just a porn website. <laughs> I'd like to be <laughs> sponsored, though. If y'all yeah. want to sponsor me, by all means, <laughs> feel free oh to gosh. reach out. Yeah. So, what were you researching? I was researching tentacle porn. Um, which actually, I think, if I remember correctly, started out actually as a joke uh, that um, not the like current researching tentacle porn, but my being interested in tentacle porn started out as a joke when people would ask me, oh gosh, I'm trans. So there was a time when people would ask me like, what's in your pants? And uh, you know, like, have you had the surgery? Um, and so for a while I would just mess around and say, you know, oh no, I'm waiting for the tentacle surgery. I would <laughs> like a prehensile tentacled penis. <laughs> Gwen is laughing. I've trained myself to laugh quietly, but mm-hmm. this is hilarious. It is. Yeah, and it's meant to be hilarious. I mean, so, you know, like please. I gotta say, I have really yeah. zero interest in having a penis. Sure. I'm quite content with with the genitalia that I have, yeah. but um, if if a prehensile penis was available, I I might be more interested because that's kind of fucking cool. Prehensile tentacled penis. I would oh, like um, to be able to hold someone down and fuck them with my penis at the same with time. With just my penis. Okay, so it would be it would be <laughs> prehensile and and multi pronged. Yes. Hence the tentacle. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking like five to ten individual penises, all prehensile. Sure. Of course. So like a front tail. <laughs> Just a riff off of the like front butt thing. You know? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I've thought way more about this than I normally will admit. <laughs> So tell us about hentai. You do you hentai, you say hentai? You say hentai. Yeah, it's H E N T A I. Hentai. That's what Google yeah. says. Yeah. Hentai. I'm not okay. 100% trusting of Google when it comes to foreign language pronunciation, but we can go with that for now. Sure. Some people have very strong beliefs about how to pronounce it in for both pronunciations, for either pronunciation. That somehow doesn't surprise so, me. Anyway, so hentai. Anyway, hentai. Which, which is what I was saying at the first time. Basically animated porn. Like, yeah. But it's specifically Japanese animation or anime. Yeah. Sometimes it's censored. Like, they'll even censor the, like, cartoon bits. And, like, you know, yeah, throw up, like, pixelation not (laughs) yeah pixelation over the cartoon cartoon. yes but you can also watch uncensored hentai hentai jesus we're gonna just say hentai 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 
animated porn. Animated porn. <laughs> so is it a spe- is it all animated porn or is it a specific variety of animated porn? Hentai? Yes. I think these days hentai is just about anything okay. in animation. I mean, now actually there's a subcategory called I think it's called like real life hentai, hentai, which is often tentacle porn because now like there's special effects and whatnot that's good enough that you can actually get these like huge life person sized uh, like tentacles that move and there are tentacle dildos and whatnot too. And so you could probably like sort of attach one to an animatronic kind of a thing and then it becomes a tentacled fucking machine and those are kind of cool okay but but mostly they're cartoon because you know tentacles don't actually happen in nature so much i mean a little bit but you don't really want to set up an octopus versus like human kind of porn situation because that's a whole consent issue but also like it would be expensive to keep an octopus just for porn. Yeah, no like, doubt. That would destroy your ROI. At, at, <clears> the, <throat> at the very least. And probably PETA would get involved and it would just be a whole mess. But, Absolutely, yeah. But, it's an ethical so, nightmare. Wait, so, <laughs> <laughs> it's any anime okay. porn, actually. Like, there's okay. cartoon porn that isn't necessarily hentai. Like, just cartoons. Okay. Um, but... So if it's Japanese animated porn, then it's hentai? I think so. Okay. I'm sure somebody has a more expert opinion than I do. Sure. Hentai, which in the pronunciation does also have the long vowel over I, so it is indeed hentai, is a genre of Japanese manga and anime characterized by overtly sexualized characters and sexually explicit plots and images. So, yes, it is all. See, I always thought of it as just tentacle porn. Oh. I didn't realize that it was all of the... Yeah. Yeah, it's even human porn. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, arguably, it's all human porn. I was going to say, isn't tentacle <laughs> porn often with humans mm-hmm. as well? It's tentacles going... There are going... humans in it. It's... Tell, tell us more, because <laughs> I'm envisioning sure. tentacles in orifices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. And also on nipples. Okay. Yeah. But like in mouths, so often entering the butt and then coming out the mouth, which I think would be far less pleasant in real life. Hence, it's anim- also, I think, far less uh, achievable in life i mean theoretically like there there are like you know the tubes from you know like from the butt to the mouth like is connected there's an awful lot of material between here and there there's a long and winding (laughs) road long and winding (laughs) road (laughs) tentacles Inside my butt. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so so the first tentacle porn I saw 
was a, uh, often it was a human man or a human looking man uh, would uh, want, uh, desire a small lady uh, so much that he just had to have her and so consent was not an issue for him. Uh, and he would uh, quote unquote take the lady uh, and his uh, his penis would kind of like explode into tentacles. And so it seems like it was l almost like an alien mating ritual that the man maybe wouldn't survive, but also that the lady doesn't survive either uh, because the tentacles are um, like, they all enter like one or two orifices, which ends up being a little bit more than the structural integrity of the person can really handle. That scenario in particular is a consent-free kind of situation, yeah. which is it not my favorite part of tentacle porn. What I really like, I think what I really like is that it's just, it's not just a regular old dick. Like it helps me forget or not care as much that like my body doesn't conform to societal standards of what a dude looks like. Because at least you don't have a tentacle dick? No, because the people I'm watching don't have traditional dude gotcha. type bodies. And so I'm not looking at a guy with a penis and thinking, oh, I kind of wish I had that. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, I'm looking at a guy with tentacles coming out of his crotch thinking... I know that would be horrifically inconvenient, but I kind of wish I had that. But nobody can have it, so it's okay. It's not what's wrong with me that I don't have tentacles down there. It's <laughs> if anybody wants to draw Sean with tentacles down there, oh, let me know, and I will send cool. you an image. Nice. Okay, it's all animated porn. However, mm -hmm. what I've known it as is, is tentacle porn. Yes. But tentacle porn is not just tentacles anymore not anymore now well or the tentacles don't just spring forth from a male crotch anymore oh sometimes you don't even know where they come from like yep. it's very like sort of quote-unquote victim centered mm. you know because it's not it's less about you know like ooh, look at those sexy tentacles um and more about like watch this person get penetrated by like three different things and that all look the same and are they often shaped like tentacles being like you know kind of cone shaped no they look much more like penises usually okay <laughs> like really long penises or like snakes with no eyes or mouths okay <laughs> sometimes though they do have like uh like little like suckers on the very end uh, and they suck with them. They attach onto nipples and suck that way, attach onto a clitoris. There's the occasional tentacle on boy porn, which doesn't happen enough, if you ask me, um, where they will, like, they will engulf a penis, like an entire penis into the tentacle, and that's pretty fun. There are robotic tentacles now. Oh, like in real life or in the in the anime? Oh, both actually, but I'm talking about in the anime. Okay. 
uh, like sometimes the tentacles are attached to a like robotic thing and the the like quote unquote victim is uh, it starts out kind of non-consensual like they have no idea that tentacles are going to be there and then they start entering wherever they're entering uh, you know the usual places and uh, it takes a varying amount of time before the quote unquote victim is just so overwhelmed with the physical sensation of it all is that they get into it because animation is so labor intensive uh like the vast majority of hentai is like five minutes long oh and so yeah <laughs> oh i had no idea okay uh, clearly this is other, not my thing there are longer like films and whatnot but there's and also like because i'm mostly on like mainstream porn websites and don't pay for access i get a lot of clips so you had also mentioned <clears throat> uh insect porn is yeah. is that a part of yeah hentai? sometimes it's insects with tentacles there was one and i couldn't find it because i haven't watched it in some months and i think it's just sort of lost left the rotation on these websites but there was one with uh like a human-sized mushroom that had tentacles and it was so amazing it was like in a garden it was kind of almost romantic though i mean like the victim the woman starts out like you know saying like no no so it's a little bit hard to think of it as romantic but at some point she gets swept away uh, so the mushroom like tentacles its way into all her holes, not all of them, but the like the usual ones. It it just seemed really beautiful to me in a lot of ways. I don't know, just something about it. I also like. I mean, it was a very like phallic depiction of a mushroom, like kind of a button mushroom type of looking thing. So, and I think it was still in the ground. It's really cool, though. I'm still looking for it. So do the insects all look like recognizable insects and mushrooms and other Sometimes. things? Uh, there's there's also facehugger porn. Ugh. from What's the facehugger? Is that from Alien? That was a really visceral reaction. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I no, I mean... Try not to a, yuck anybody else's no, no. yum. I, don't, I think that's responding just to like facehugger right oh like, absolutely from the alien movies correct uh -huh. yeah 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 that's not something i ever would have thought of as sexual um but then you know like you look at those um there are these sex toys that go on a vulva that are meant to like you know strap on mm -hmm. so to speak that i think they're called butterflies yep and it's basically that okay it basically like just vroom, attaches to vulva sucks clit etc and be then worse. the you know has a little tail or a kind of a long tail there's one that has something that looks like kind of a giant hornet almost like huh? about that long is that like a yard ish yeah yeah maybe two and a half two and a half two to and three and feet like, it might yeah. be more like a yard like three feet so a giant hornet uh, like with its like top part, you know, like its four legs uh, holding the person down and then with its like stale, stale, its tail slash stinger. Yeah. 
uh, would be like fucking her that way. And whew, I'm yeah. not a fan of hornets, uh, but watching that actually does kind of help me get over my fears of flying insects and things. Oh, so look at that. Porn for the win. Yeah. Is it all the same style of like manga anime? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, that like very yeah. Naruto. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh God. And now there's actual Naruto porn. Of course. Because it's over like, 9,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be rule over 9,000, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's Skyrim porn. There's. Sure. All the all like, the kinds. pop culture porn. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> is there anything else about hentai that that is important oh. to share? Uh, well, there's a sub sub maybe sub 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 set of hentai that's um, well, there's yaoi or yao yeah yaoi, which is actually it's gay men having sex, but made by and for women. So it's like. The, the main characters are uh, male, but they're often, like, softer. They're sweeter. All of that fun stuff. Is that uh, hentai? Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. I also thought, I originally thought that Yaoi was, um, was, like, young boys. But I don't think it is actually specifically young boys. I think it's actually just, like, they look a bit more feminine. And they're softer than your sort of typical, like, manga man. Right. Because they often can look, like, super burly. Um, And then I think even possibly sub to that as a subset of furry porn, there's Yiffy, which is cartoon animals fucking. (laughs) Sure. Which I, I also enjoy. Excellent. I do not have a fursuit. I just want to make that clear. I do not have a fursona. Okay. Don't call me Lindsay Lohan. Absolutely not. She just... Is she a furry? I don't think so, but she wore a fursuit and posed for a crypto NFT. And it's got like furry community really pissed off because it's not actually faithful to the furry style and i can't remember why now it's too humanistic ah like if any furry would like to come and chat with me about this i would love to talk to you awesome yeah that would be fantastic yeah um okay it sounds like there are anything that you can imagine Mm -hmm. subgenres of hentai what is that rule? 34? I think it's rule it's like 34. Rule 34 can be a, you know, the rule 34A is, and also be a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if it exists, there's porn of it, and there's also cartoon porn of it. Yeah, <clears throat> that makes sense. I'm, I, thank you for teaching me. <laughs> I love learning. Learning is like kind of my favorite thing ever. Thanks for giving me more reasons to watch porn. Oh, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to oblige. I spent most of my life not watching porn, so it's been kind of fun. Hey, friends, I'm Leah Carey, inviting you to listen to Good Girls Talk About Sex, 
where I interview everyday women about their sex lives. You know, I want to be like pushed against the wall, <laughs> like in the movies. This feels good, but do I look fat? That always turned me on, but I don't think I've admitted that to my husband. Have sex with women. <laughs> Highly recommend. Good Girls Talk About Sex is here to remind you, you're not alone and your desires are completely normal. Listen in your favorite podcast app today. Do you want to hear about what I looked into? Yeah, what did you look into? <laughs> I looked into this culture in, I believe it was the Cook Islands. It's a place called Mangaya, M-A-N-G-A-I-A. Okay. It's an island in the South Pacific. Um, and the information on this is fairly dated. There was a anthropologist named Douglas Marshall who okay. went there and um, at least published this information in 1971. Okay. So we don't know. I, I looked and looked and looked. I could not find anything more recent. Hmm. So I have no idea if this is still the practice or if it's been westernized mm -hmm. or what have you. It's a culture that's often talked about in intro to sexuality theory, sort of 101 okay. sort of stuff, um, okay. because it is so completely different from ours, our culture. It is a place where sex is celebrated. Mm -hmm. Not like, woohoo, we're going to have a party. But the idea <laughs> of virginity and certainly of frigidity, which is not a term mm -hmm. that is used today, but... Mm -hmm. <laughs> the idea of not enjoying sex is just weird to them yeah. to, like they cannot wrap their like what is wrong with you there must be something physically wrong with you mm -hmm. with your body if you don't enjoy this okay which you know there are some issues around that but this is a relatively small culture so they just mm -hmm. don't have you know much like somebody who grew up in the caribbean would not really understand snow Mm -hmm. Like they could intellectually understand it, yeah. but like they couldn't, you know, yeah. viscerally understand it. It's that same sort mm -hmm. of thing, I think. Um, okay, so it's a relatively small island. I couldn't find an actual number about population in this study, um, but it seemed relatively small. Okay. Comparatively speaking to, you know, where we are today anyway. Yeah. The thing that I thought was really fascinating about these folks is that not only did they think sex was important but they set out to actually teach their children at a very young age girls and boys were played together from like you know mm -hmm. up until about three or four and then that changes and everything gets segregated um all the way up through until like family households and then around eight um, little boys are taught how to masturbate. Okay. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Um, and little girls are taught to enjoy their bodies, mm -hmm. although not necessarily how to masturbate. Okay. At least from what I read. Again, mm -hmm. I did not read the actual study. Yep. I was not in scientific mode yeah. when I was doing this. So this is very much gleaning. Yeah. We don't know what kind of biases the researchers might have had, Absolutely. et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And I did not go and find Dr. Marshall's original study. So sure. I am gathering all of this information from a variety of internet pages that I will link 
at the end of the show notes. Yeah. So the little girls do start masturbating and having sex, but that's not until a little bit later than boys. Okay. So once boys start hitting puberty, um, then they are taken to do a ritual that involves a super circumcision, which sounds pretty painful at that point. That does not sound super. No. <laughs> no, it sounds pretty awful. Yeah. But during the time that it's healing, they are uh, they spend that two to three weeks um, alone with elder men okay. who verbally instruct them. Okay about sex and sexuality and how to please a woman because it's very important in this culture to be able mm -hmm. to please women. Then, when it's healed enough that they can actually enjoy touching it again, mm -hmm. um, they go off with an older woman okay. who actually teaches them. I think I read about this a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. it's really fascinating. Um, who mm -hmm. actually teaches them how to please a woman. Nice. Like, actually teaches them, not just mm -hmm. the, the high school fantasy <laughs> yep. of the older woman. Or, you know, uh, please the woman kind of instruction. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Oh, thanks. Right. That was super helpful. Right. She, 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 she <laughs> yeah. will actually demonstrate how yeah. to oral sex yeah. and digital sex and penis and vagina sex. And yep. so that it is important for the man to know that mm -hmm. um, orgasm, while it's not the end-all be-all, mm -hmm. the way that it often is here, yep. it is a valuable part of their life experience. Yeah. And then so around 15-ish, teenagers are encouraged to fool around. Okay. And there's no marriage involved. Yep. There are lots of illegitimate, quote-unquote, illegitimate children. Mm -hmm. um, but there's no stigma around that. Yeah. If a young woman gets pregnant, then yay, our family now has another child. Okay. So it's all the way up until they get married that they are in, uh, encouraged to play the field, as it mm. were. And it would be... Y y there's no way you would marry somebody from this mm -hmm. culture if you hadn't already had sex okay yeah and knew that you liked it enjoyed yep. the physical chemistry of the two of you together mm -hmm. and i just think that's beautiful that's pretty neat um not so much the you know circumcision at 13 that sounds pretty yeah, that painful intense <laughs> but um but it's okay because there's all this other thing so parents urge their daughters to sleep with lots of different men mm -hmm. and the parents will pretend to be asleep so that they can so that the teenagers can Aww. do their thing they're encouraged to go down mm -hmm. to the ocean because they're an island in the south pacific mm -hmm. um and it's just yep. yeah so we were going to talk about the word fetish yeah fetish have we googled fetish Oh, we have not Googled Let's fetish. Google fetish. I feel like there are roughly two definitions of fetish. Uh, one being more synonymous with kink. Yep. Like, you know, something that we enjoy or are curious about or whatnot. Uh, and then uh, there's also 
the fetish that is uh, I am unable to orgasm without this kind of a so I have a fetish for my vibrator no that's actually a mechanical issue uh, in my body (laughs) (laughs) well and there's also the definition of small stone animals I don't know if they have to be small but I don't think they even have to be stone or animals but you mean like like a religious focus object a totem of some sort yes Yes. Mm -hmm. but that is not what we're talking about although there are perhaps people who have a fetish for fetishes oh i'm sure i hope so i'm sure they're actually so so i would call that uh i'm just going to call that a religious fetish the like object okay uh and then their sexual fetish and wouldn't it be funny if someone had a sexual fetish for sexual fetishes that they represented with like an object fetish and never mind that's amazing getting too meta i (laughs) shocking um right so what is what okay is the so google say? so from oxford Ooh. oxford languages yep. is the dictionary that oh, came I, up I, when i typed in fetish definition nice. a form of sexual desire in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree a particular object item of clothing or part of the body okay or an inanimate object worshipped for its supposed magical powers because it is considered to be inhabited by a spirit. Mm. And see, I would not have necessarily thought either of those things. I'm much more inclined with what you were saying. Um, So I think of the technical term as you can't get off without it being a fetish, and that's what I think Mm -hmm. would be considered a disorder. Yep. And then, well, certainly in the West, in, quote unquote. right, quote unquote, DSM probably listed as, um, yeah, or the way that it is used commonly in in mm-hmm. kink communities, whereas a thing that you're really into, yeah, yeah, or yeah, like like the sexual version of special interest, right, yeah. right, right. So for a little while. I was talking about having a fetish for, I don't remember, Pyrex or something like that. Because <laughs> um, I, yep. I, I do enjoy Pyrex but, and yeah. other vintage things. But should we pick a couple of the things? So yeah. I, I found a whole bunch of information. I'm just going to talk about what I found because cool. I, I think it's interesting. Um, and then we'll just go into like a couple of smaller from the book things Mm -hmm. does that make sense does that work for you yeah yeah it is my show but i care i want it to be good for both of us (laughs) so what i looked up shocking of all shockers was the flagellation brothels of old london Ooh. (laughs) Um, of which there were a lot interesting a lot a lot so it wasn't just that every brothel had some people who were happy on either side of the mm-hmm. flogger, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Um, but there were entire brothels devoted just to flagellation in the Victorian era, give okay. or take. Um, sure. Now, my theory is that it is because of how many children were dealt corporal mm-hmm. punishment mm-hmm. at a young age. And I found this oh, really, sure. really mm-hmm. nifty letter that would verify the theory of course 
It's just a theory, and I'm not a social scientist. I have not studied anthropology or sociology or any of those things. Mm -hmm. It's really just what I think, but it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was a whole bunch of flagellation brothels, and there was one woman in particular named Teresa Berkeley, who was the, without a doubt, the most famous female flagellant. <laughs> flagellant, uh-huh. not flagellator. <laughs> <laughs> like that's my next science fiction movie. Flagellator. Flagellator. Yeah. Excellent. Someone wrote about her uh, establishment. At her shop, whoever went with plenty of money could be birched, whipped, fustigated, scourged, needle pricked, half hung. Holly brushed, furs brushed, butcher brushed, stinging nettled, curry combed, phlebotomized, and tortured until he had a belly full. Wow. A belly full. A belly full of what? I guess they just meant until they were satiated. His own blood? Yeah, right? After like, all of that? A, what is a, fustigated? <clears throat> I don't know. My phone is still plugged in. <laughs> oh, we'll have to look that up in a minute. Um, he went on to say that her instruments of torture were more numerous than those of any other governess. <laughs> Hence my yep. theory. Her supply of birch was extensive and kept in water so that it was always green and pliant. Mm, yep. She God, had... That. I I am a fan of uh, caning. That is of me holding a cane and using it to inflict pain on people. Oh my goodness, the thought of like a wet cane. Oh, and sting it. Birch has little bits of menthol in it as oh, well. Really? So I didn't know that. oh gosh. So if it cuts, then it'll like sting even even more. more. Yeah. Holy Jesus. Um, she had shafts with a dozen whip thongs on each of them, a dozen different sizes of cat of nine tails, mm-hmm. some with needle points worked into them, <laughs> various kinds of yeah. thin bending canes, leather straps mm-hmm. like coach traces, battle doors made of thick sole leather with inch nails run through to docket and curry comb tough hides rendered callous by many years flagellation. Wow. I have to look up curry comb, too, I think. Yeah, curry comb is on the list. Holly brushes, furs brushes, prickly evergreen called butcher's bush, and during the summer, a glass and china vases filled with a constant supply of green nettles to which she often restored the dead to life. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. She also invented a... um, a device. I think it's called the Berkeley Ladder. Yeah. So flagellation is one of the more common, quote unquote, mm-hmm. fetishes in the kink mm-hmm. community. You wanna, you wanna pull? I, you had there was the what was the crying one? Oh, dacrophilia. Yeah. Yes. It's all good. So what is that? Mm. Uh, dacrophilia is sexual arousal. Uh, when someone cries. Oh. Hey, 
This episode of What Excites Us is brought to you by me. I'm Gwyn Isaacs, and besides being your podcast host, I'm a certified sex coach and educator. And right now, I have some openings for text-based clients. I love coaching over email and text. It allows you to be open and vulnerable in ways that may feel too difficult in person, which lets us tackle the concerns you have at your own pace. Very few of us were taught how to have sex. Most of us are feeling our way through the dark, hoping we get it right. I can help you build skills in the bedroom and navigate your intimate relationships. I have two ways you can sign up to start texting with me right away. When you go to earthlydesire.com slash coaching, you will find a weekly subscription for daily correspondence and a way to schedule a live one hour text chat. Visit earthlydesire.com to start on your path of more pleasure today. You deserve it. I thought we were going to talk about fetish. Oh, I thought we were too. But fetish v kink. Yeah. So talk. Uh, so I, thought... I think fetish is a great word, and I think it's also really nice to like unpathologize the word. Mm. Uh, or I don't know what you'd call that. I don't normalize need to get into it right now. Yeah, normal. Well, I think unpathologize because I don't want to normalize like pathological stuff or pathologizing in general uh but there there i think there's a, a significant portion of uh using the the word fetish to basically just mean like a kink or an interest yes something we like yes as opposed to like something we need or something that we is out of our control like a, a need that's out of our control, kind I of see. like a compulsion or, because I think like the DSM may have at one point uh, defined a fetish as like an uncontrollable need or a compulsion, kind of a, yeah, like a bad thing, quote unquote. When you say Just, you want to <laughs> depathologize the word, mm-hmm. so you mean yeah. that you want to take it from meaning that you have to have this thing to get yeah. off to more of the how it's used commonly yeah, something one enjoys maybe is even enthusiastic about yeah but not like it's not a compulsive need it's not considered a bad thing yeah yeah thanks well folks that's it for this one Next time, I'll be chatting with Eco, the wandering love mystic about their foundation, Enlightened Consent, and their mission to help all of us who have alternative sexuality be seen and accepted. Please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. It helps us be heard by more folks. And if you would like to learn more about the show or talk directly to me, you can do that at whatexcitesus.com. While you are there, please answer the question of the week. What Excites Us is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Gwen Isaacs. All music is under the Creative Commons Attribution License. This week, it includes The Vendetta by Steven Kartenberg, Future House Sport by Skillsay, and Harmony by Polly Plus. Tickle.life hosts us and many others. Please go there to hear more great sex and sexuality podcasts. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you.